Hello, Internet. My name is Walter C.A.D.'s Fedchuk, and welcome to a very special edition of the Final Cut Podcast presented by the Rough Drafts Podcast Network. Just going to give myself a little, little bit of applause there because I actually got it right because this is a very important episode. I know we are uh, a couple of weeks after the, uh, the premiere of Barbie and Oppenheimer, but we are finally talking about Barbie today and Oppenheimer next week because if we tried to put both of those movies into the same podcast, I don't think the podcast would ever end. And to be frank, I think all of us on this episode of the podcast do want to sleep at some point tonight. And when I say us, I of course mean myself and our special guest, Kristen Pignolo. Kristen, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing fantastic. I am doing way better than I thought I'd ever be knowing that I was about to spend the next hour talking about Barbie. Uh, and of course, uh, my my wonderful co-host, the, the Ken to my Barbie, if I'm going to just be very <gasps> frank, Chase Wassener. Chase, oh, thanks, buddy. how are you doing today, buddy? I mean, I'm doing great. One, I got... Uh, uh, I got the wholesome comparison to Ken there, which I will 100% take. Uh, and two, uh, Super Mega Baseball 4 is good. I told the, everyone uh, listening to the gaming pod that I would tell you when it's good. Spoiler alert, it's good. Go play it. They finally fixed everything. Go team. Go. Thank you, uh, Metalsoft. I, uh, I chose to believe and we got there. Uh, yes, the game is very good. I, I have since purchased it and I have started a franchise of my own. Uh, and, uh, I might need to change my difficulty because the game might be a little too easy with where I've set it, but that's okay. That's the point of difficulty settings. And Chase is bringing that up now because as I said, uh, a moment ago, uh, we are doing two movie podcasts in a row. That way we can get Barbie and Oppenheimer out of the way. And then we will get back to our normal, uh, regularly scheduled off and on weeks of final cut and steam cleaners. Uh, but today we are going to talk about Barbie. We are going to talk about a movie that when it was announced, uh, I kind of rolled my eyes and was entirely skeptical as because I thought it was a, uh, a cash grab akin to George Lucas of some way to try and get a beloved toy back into the mainstream into the 21st century. Uh, and Chase didn't even have to wear me down to watch this movie. The trailers did. Every time I saw a trailer, I just got curiouser and curiouser and curiouser. And then I finally told Chase, absolutely, I'll go because my partner wanted to go and I'm interested enough. Uh, so here we are. That is why we are here. That is why we have all seen the movie. And, uh, and Kristen, let's start with you since you are our guest. What were your expectations uh, going to see this film? Well, I think when it was first announced, I kind of felt the same way as you, Walter, I didn't have super high hopes until I learned Greta Gerwig was behind it. I really enjoy Greta Gerwig as a director. I've I've loved her work since Frances Ha. Um, she made me actually care about Little Women when I have never connected with that story in my life. Um, and I think going in, I would I would see clips. I never watched a full trailer. I kind of wanted to like less is more. I just wanted to be surprised, but I had tentatively high hopes, I would say, going in. 
I I will admit I am I am not very familiar with her as a as a director or as an actor as IMDb is uh is well informing me um and I agree with the little women thing that I've I've never really understood that uh that story in any way shape or form uh so I I'm glad that she was able to uh that her attachment to this project was kind of the the push that you needed to to bring you in uh, is there anything, you know, since we haven't actually started talking about the movie, is there anything we should be on the lookout for as we discuss this that's kind of like Gerwig's signature? Or is she just a very kind of broad uh, director that kind of does a little bit of everything? That's a great question. Um, I think that she's very, I think part of her, part of what I love about her is how versatile she is as a director i mean just the fact that she made barbie but it still feels like a film by her it is really something um and i think that there's something at the core of every film that she is speaking to about girlhood about womanhood being a woman in the world in every film you get a different nuanced version of it is she really knows how in the films that I have seen, like Frances Ha, Lady Bird, Little Women, it just feels like a gut punch in the best way possible. Uh, Chase, do you have uh, much experience with uh, with Greta Gerwig as a director? I, I I know I know like the big one that she has is uh, is Lady Bird. Yeah, I you know, Lady Bird's one of those I've been meaning to see, haven't seen, oopsie poopsie, I'll get around to it eventually. Um, Little Woman I thought was great. I, I truly enjoyed it. As someone who's not hugely into the original story, I thought that that adaptation was very well done. Uh, and, you know, I just always appreciate seeing... I don't want to say new directors, because she got her first directing credit back in 2008, but certainly... Um, you know, Lady Bird is what kind of puts her on the map, and this is her third entry since Lady Bird. And and heading into the Barbie film, you know, the the big thing that I had going in was just the sense of fun that every trailer for this, every poster, every screenshot that made its way to uh, to the Twitters and all that, or I guess the artist formerly known as Twitter, um, and I. It just all seemed fun. It was bright. It was colorful. It didn't take itself too seriously. I, I knew from minute one that I was going to be in for a fun journey, a, a roller coaster of a film, but without the anxiety attacks that actual roller coasters bring me. <laughs> and that's exactly what I got. I, I had a blast with this film. Yeah, I would say for, for me, the thing that really sealed the deal was the Ryan Gosling interviews that like leaked out and all the little clips and and discussions about him wanting to be the character and the story about him going out and finding his uh, his daughter's Ken doll like stuck to a lemon or something like the silliness around it, just the the joy and the love that the the people involved in the film had when they were talking about it. It, it makes you interested, right? It makes you intrigued by like, okay, well, if they had that much fun making it, like, yeah, there's real love in this project. There must be something there that is going to translate uh, uh, to me as the viewer. And, uh, you know, I think all of us have some experience with Barbie, right? 
that I, I mean, we all have, you know, siblings or, or Kristen, obviously you're, you are a, a woman. So, uh, I am sure Barbie has been part of your life at some point. Uh, was there that sort of like childhood connection that was kind of pulling you in? And even if you might not have been like super excited, you still kind of wanted to see what they would do with a character from your childhood. Yeah. Um, Barbie, I, I, it's something that I have not thought about in a long time, but Barbie is kind of a very, and the extended Barbie universe, let's say, um, is very, has a lot of meaning for me because I inherited my mother's Barbies and, um, my mom also had like a skipper and a scooter from the sixties and what makes it really touching and it just it hit me in the middle of the film um when my mom was little my grandmother uh who has passed would who was a seamstress um she was a a fantastic sewer she actually would make clothes for my mother's barbies and her skipper and her scooter um on top of like buying clothes for them but she would make my my mom any clothes that she wanted for her for her barbies and i also got to play with them and play with the clothes that my grandmother made for them. And it was, it's just this special like little through line in how we in our family kind of have made Barbie this very special, unique thing. And it was like right in the middle of the movie when this realization happened to me and it just, it, it brought tears to my eyes and yeah, that, uh, I had not thought about it in so long, but Barbie holds a lot of special memories in my childhood. Chase, what about you? Do you, do you have any childhood connections, cousins, siblings, anything like that? I, you know, I want to I wanna say I do because it makes the podcast more interesting. But the <laughs> fact of the matter is my sister was a tomboy and I was really into puzzles. Um, my, my childhood was built putting together three different uh, puzzles simultaneously. My parents always told me that one. I, I do think if I were to have a Barbie or if my sister did have one, it would have been weird Barbie. So shout out to Kate McKinnon <laughs> for the portrayal of the Barbie that gets worn down at the core and ends up being just completely different than whatever it is you purchased in the first place. I, I think that that side of it, I certainly like felt a kinship to, even if it wasn't like my own experience, it's like the experience I would have had, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I I will say uh, there's something, even without that like immediate connection, right? There, there's something about Barbie that is just so timeless. Like they literally do that. It, since the dawn of time, you know, these dolls have existed and then Barbie changed everything. And while, of course, that's done facetiously and as a callback to, you know, uh, a film that I'm completely spacing on right now Two um, one is space, space odyssey. odyssey thank you very much um i so to call back to 2001 a space odyssey it's just really it's, it's it feels right right like barbie's just been such a foundation for such a long time and everything that the film goes into feels authentic to that kind of societal experience and the conversations that i've seen people have around barbies and the positive and negatives of that um and I, I didn't know how much we were going to get into it, but oh boy, do they bring it to the forefront of this entire film. 
Yeah, they they definitely don't pull any punches in terms of the the cultural impact that that Barbie has had. You know, whether it's that the Barbies themselves believe it or just like the society believes it because there is this sort of discussion and I think that matches the reality of toys, right? Is, you know, I'll be honest, like, I have a younger sister. She had a shit ton of Barbies. And uh, if we were using her Barbie collection as the the cast for this this show, uh, we would have had no hands or feet Barbie. uh, And I hit my brother in the head with matchbox cars uh, to make them play Barbie with me, Barbie. Uh, The hands and feet was my fault. Like I, I, as a, as a, as a kid, I had like a plastic chewing obsession. So like the feet, the, the hands, the little shoes, like I, I'm not proud of that. Uh, but also, yeah, my sister, who who I love dearly, and if she's listening to this, I'm sorry for potentially embarrassing you, would, when she was young, we're talking, you know, toddler, three, four years old, would, you know, demand that we play Barbies with her. And, you know, it being the 90s and, and kind of gender stereotypes being genderized, we'd be like, well, no, my, my brother and I'd be like, well, no, we don't want to play Barbies. We want to play Matchbox cars or Star Wars figures or whatever. And she would try and go demand of my mom to make us play with her. And mom would say no. And then mom would hear crying like two oh. minutes later because she took our Matchbox cars and, and hit us in the head. Uh, and then she got a younger brother who she also then got a life-size Barbie, you know, the, the life-size Barbie, the like three foot tall one. And she would put one of our younger brothers into the dress. Oh my god, I remember life-size Barbie! I had life-size Barbie! And that was the most disappointing part of this film. There was not a giant Barbie in this to... That would have been to, amazing. Right? There should have been, like, a 30-foot-tall Barbie in this in this movie to, uh, you know, balance out the, like, life-size yeah. Barbie thing. Um, but I digress, because... I guess since we're talking about Barbie, maybe we should start with the, the actor playing Barbie, Margot Robbie. Chase, do you think there's any other actress on the planet that could have played Barbie? It is a pretty perfect casting, up to and including the joke about how when she feels ugly and they're trying to console her about, no, you don't, you know, uh, you know, you're still pretty and whatnot. Like, you know, maybe Margot Robbie isn't the best person to cast if you're trying to make that point, director, uh, which was very, very good. Um, but yeah, no, she's, she's fantastic. A really fun, charismatic energy looks the part, was able to embody that side of it, you know, in the opening sequence, that kind of flawless, uh, like, image that she's putting out there and the way that she's able to um, kind of, with this naivete that comes with being in a world of Barbies in which everything's just kind of perfect and she's believed she's solved all the problems, she handles that side of it really well. And then she handles the uh, looming insecurities and how that kind of, dismantles this image of a perfect world that she's got going on very well. Uh, The ability to do both of those things in equal measure is something that, um, you know, I I think is almost underrated in a role like this. You know, in comedies, right, we don't tend to think about them as, you know, pure acting performances, the way that dramas tend to get recognized for best actor, best actress, etc. But there's a real versatility here that Margot Robbie played brilliantly throughout the film. What about you, Kristen? Do you, do you think there's any other actress, alive or dead, that could have played this role? No. Well, wait. Um, throwing the dead thing in there has really thrown me off, but 
let's say alive, Margot Robbie was the absolute perfect casting choice. And I didn't even need to, like, I knew this before I saw the film. And she absolutely handled the ever the versatility that she needed to have to handle those extremes like chase just said dead i think looks wise veronica lake would be a great barbie um i don't know if she could do what margot robbie did acting wise no shade to veronica lake love her as an actress i just don't know there is a there is an uh, emotional intensity uh, that that Roby has, and that she's shown previously. Whether it's been her playing um, uh, suicides in the Suicide Squad movies, or her in Wolf of Wall Street, where there is sort of this like unhinged emotionalness to some of the roles that she plays, and in those she goes like much much crazier. But here it's like her world is falling apart around her, right? Mm-hmm. She she's getting cellulite for God's sakes, which is like the bane of, of disaster. all possibilities. It, it is disastrous. And there is this like this bordering on a on a break, right? That she's she's carrying throughout most of this movie. And like she's given this absolutely nonsensical solution is like, oh, you have to go into the real world, find the little girl that's playing with you, and solve her problems i guess like that's very fucked up in a way (laughs) look man that's just kids movie 101 right look we have a problem you got to solve the problem and then everything will be fixed except this isn't a kids film despite the fact that a lot of kids probably made their way into the theaters which is kind of a, a a fun um element to this film that's been uh interesting to consider right the number of uh, kids who are technically too young for this film that mm. probably have a lot of questions to ask their parents that should lead to some genuinely good conversations. Like I, well, I think it's hope. honestly cool. We, 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 we hope. hope. Yeah. I mean, look, there's going to be some people, but you know, the, the worst people on the internet will continue to be bad no matter what film is there. So I'm not going to, okay. I'm not going to lose uh sleep over them compared to the upside that I think is possible from this one. But yeah, look, it, the, Ultimately, right, the reason we're here is to take in the fun and the flavor and the color and the joy that this film has in a lot of it, while also being able to talk about these more serious topics about the societal dynamics and how they wear people down, right? Barbie's problem here that ultimately needs to be solved is not helping a young girl who seems to be losing her way, but a girl's mom who grew up with Barbie and had those positive memories. And now her tween daughter isn't the, isn't getting along with her as well. And she's struggling with certain things and those insecurities as she's trying to find her place in the world beyond like, you know, the relationship she has with her daughter and within that relationship with her daughter manifesting itself in Barbie it's a really nice twist on an otherwise straightforward concept. And there's enough going on there in its kind of metaphors and the, uh, you know, sheer kind of moment to moment, joke to joke pace that this film keeps that we don't really need anything to get more important than that. We need to introduce Mattel because we need to have uh, everyone's favorite ridiculous CEO, Will Ferrell, uh, come in and have his comedic moments. But Beyond that, we just need to let these characters bounce off of these 
these dynamics that uh, Greta Gerwig wants to explore here. And I, I think it is right to do so. It, it empowers the film to focus on what really matters. I think if all CEOs were Will Ferrell, I'd be a lot more, uh, I'd be a lot warmer to their existence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but they aren't Will Ferrell. Feckless uh, and loving their product wholly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, I mean... Can we just say it's a little weird how obsessed Will Ferrell's character is with Barbie? Can we, I can mean, it's yeah. a little, a little. It, it is very funny that uh, the boardroom is entirely men thing. Like we know what Barbie really, what people want with a Barbie, right? Like, you know, it plays into that side of things well. And you need to have, he needs to be sincere for those jokes to land because if they're all assholes, then you yeah. just get lost in corporate America bad, which true. This is but a different also, film. yeah. It's just it's uh, it's it, it it hits the note that it needs to hit, and then is allowed to move on by making them so comedic that we are not left focusing on them when the more important things are on the dynamic between the Barbies and the Kens. Yeah, and I think that was. I thought I think that was the absolute right call, and I initially thought like it was going to be like corporation bad i did not i d- i thought i expected them to be a lot more sinister than they actually were oh i i absolutely expected uh when when i saw will ferrell was the ceo of mattel i absolutely expected him to be reprising his character from the lego movie or from like zoolander that he was going to be this outlandish villain uh and and i i don't want to get to the kens yet because i want to give that that part of the story a little bit more room. I kind of want to stay with Barbie a little bit here uh, more because it, it does feel like this movie kind of has has a couple of different parts to it, right? A couple of different acts to it and, and how it's processed. Kristen, you brought up the the some of the emotions that you came across uh, and Chase had mentioned the interaction between that, that really, no, it's not the, 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 you know, the little girl that's playing with Barbies who is a tween in middle school and uh, is about as accepting of a Barbie doll as, I don't know, a, a bear trap. Uh, it's really, it's the mother. So can you expand on maybe, was that the part that you sort of started to feel that kind of connection back to your childhood um, or? Not as much. I... I do see that like I I believe that my mom would probably consider herself kind of in the America Ferrera role um you know in a way with certain things not necessarily with Barbie I I think for me the emotions really started to hit when Barbie was sitting on the bench with the daughter of the woman who created Barbie in the actual Barbara that um Barbie was created for and just that really got to me like Barbie just looking at all these different people different ages experiencing life in the fullness of it and just embracing it fully and then also I think it got to I'm trying to think when they would reference like the vintage Barbies and And stuff like that. And when she was speaking with Ruth. And kind of like what Barbie could be for people. Was what triggered those kinds of emotions in me and those memories. Um, And that's, I think, for me, like, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the rest of the film. But that is what 
like really sold me on Barbie. Like these just embracing life and girlhood, womanhood, whatever that is to you, I think is really at the core of this. Um, or just, let's not even say embracing girlhood, womanhood, embracing yourself and allowing yourself to experience life and to share in it with others and being in not feeling like you have to fill a role. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but that is kind of those emotional moments were what really made the film for me. I, you're, you're not going on a tangent because I, I would wholeheartedly agree with you, particularly, like you said, that scene with Ruth, the, the ghost of the founder that exists on the, you know, that lives on the 17th floor, as Will Ferrell says later in the film, that they, there is this moment, there's this, you know, crisis of conscience that, that, uh, Margot Robbie's Barbie has because 90% of the, the, uh, the uh, female actors in this are, they're, they're all Barbie. They're all called Barbie. Everybody's a Barbie. Um, and all the Kens are Kens. They're, they're all just Ken. There's no or, Ken one, Ken two. There's no stereotype. They're just all labeled that on the IMDB page. Or Alan. And that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're all valid. Yeah. And, and that moment that, she has with Ruth is very much that of just like, Hey, yeah, you can be anything. And it does translate beyond just, just womenhood, girlhood, you know, whatever, which you have created a, a wonderful segue now to talk about Ryan Gosling as Ken, because it does feel like that same story is being told on the opposite side of the mirror here with Ken in an entirely different and, and kind of goofy way uh chase is that the best ryan gosling has looked in a cowboy hat in a movie i mean it's it's gotta be up there right i i mean what a fun performance from start to finish right just the pure uh himbo energy that he exudes throughout uh is just a joy to watch every time he's on screen and it, you know it's important right because there's you know the worst people on the internet will try to say that like oh you know this film hates men or whatever and they're wrong obviously this film has a lot of affection towards uh the kens of the world right it recognizes that he struggles to find value in himself when it is not in relation to barbie something that's just never going to happen for him she's not interested in him that way and he doesn't know how to define himself in his life outside of her uh as a result right you you get someone who deeply insecure doesn't really know where to find himself but has this motivation to always be something more uh and that's a really fun character to play around with the way he interacts with uh everyone in the quote-unquote real world uh the patriarchy discovery and of course later talking about how he found it a lot less exciting when he found out it was a lot less about horses than he originally thought fantastic the mojo dojo casa house is just like that 10 out of 10 um and you know i'll I'll even say uh simu lu uh the the rivalry there with him and ryan gosling's character fantastic simu lu was a fantastic uh comedic foil to him and then the rivalry that 
ends up becoming the core of this incredible sequence towards the end of the film. Uh, absolute blast. My uh, my roommate was dying laughing basically from start to finish that entire sequence. Uh, and it, it's just, you needed that to help balance out some of the uh, tougher themes that this is trying to put forward, right? Uh, he's not, this is not, you know, men bad because patriarchy bad. It's patriarchy bad and everyone is hurt by it, right? The Kens are not happier because the patriarchy exists and the reverse of, of that kind of system doesn't work for anyone either. It's all of us having to find ourselves and our own value. And I think that is a really important reason why that, that storyline ends with uh, Margot Robbie's Barbie, like taking the time to talk to him yeah. and help him figure that out. Right. If he was just the villain, you wouldn't have that scene, but there's an empathy there. And I, I think that empathy is a really powerful thing in a film like this uh, and carries a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, what did you think, Kristen, of, of our, our lovely uh, Ken here? He was sublime. Uh, <laughs> does no one remember? Sorry. Does no one remember the sublime <laughs> moment? Mm. Sublime. Sublime. <laughs> yeah, that, Not listen, that you say listen, that. Yeah. He ad-libbed it. I've watched two... You like watched two movies. <laughs> I watched two movies. <laughs> it's hard to keep all of it track when I'm like, oh, I totally all of it in track. I totally get it. I that was just mm. I love that moment, but it's yeah, a great, he it's a great you make moment. you make amazing points, Chase. I absolutely loved his performance. Sima Liu did an amazing job as kind of like the the foil his the foil of Ken, who is also Ken. Um, and I guess it really, the Ken, it, it added the Ken battle and we can get into the Ken battle or I don't know if we want to go there yet, but was some of like the most perfect choreography, cinematography I have seen in quite a while. It took me back to like old Hollywood earlier, Walter, you were saying it was like Greece. It reminded me of, um, bits, uh, from the extended dance sequence of, um, singing in the rain. Uh, there was like this Gene Kelly ease to it. Um, definitely. I absolutely loved, um, and it, yeah, the Kens had such levity, but their struggles were no, in the end, we're no less important because they're, yeah, they're all suffering with the same issues. They just don't realize it. And yes, obviously they poke fun at like the men's need to explain the Godfather to anyone yeah. who hasn't seen it already. Right. Like, and I you're will gonna say, have some... love the God. I love the Godfather. Mm -hmm. But I've never all... seen it. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> are you doing the family guy skit like i never cared for yeah, the godfather I never cared for as the godfather. they're all about to drown it's like what are you talking about you i've seen... literally never seen it we're gonna need to do this at some point at some point maybe maybe that's to. our two-year anniversary walter it'd be a much longer episode than, uh, <laughs> than the, we can't do that live uh, we can't do it live oh man it, it's funny you bring up like old Hollywood because I I know I said yeah it reminded me of Grease Lightning you know John Travolta 
the whole shebang. But but now even like thinking even deeper of it, it reminds me of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That very, you know, confrontational music dance. Um, you, you guys bring you guys bring up uh, Simulu being the the antagonist Ken uh, to Ryan Gosling's Ken. Uh, I spent the entire movie trying to figure out one of the other Kens who that actor was uh, and where I recognized him from. Turns out it's Kingsley Ben-Adir, uh, who is in uh, uh, Secret Invasion, a TV show that I've been watching for six weeks and wish I could have my time back. Aww. We're not going to talk about Marvel on this episode, but there you go. That's my review of that. There was also and, uh, um, the new Doctor... Uh, yes. What's his name? Uh, Inkuti? Uh, Nukti Gatwa. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yep. He, is, he is the new doctor. Like, it, and it is. It's this, and, and I guess, you know, we'll come come back to the Kens in a moment, but there is this entire cast, this supporting cast. So good. That, although, you know, although most of them are not given much screen time, I think besides, you know, Margot Robbie and, and Ryan Gosling, I think Kate McKinnon might get the most screen time out of the, out of the Barbies and the Kens, uh, where obviously America Ferreira and, um, the actress who plays her daughter, which I, I don't have open at the second. Um, uh, Ariana Greenblatt, like those two probably they get like the next most amount of time, um, but they kind of have to because they're kind of core to Barbie's central story. Was was there any supporting actor that, that really stood out for, for you, Kristen, besides Simu Liu? Oh, I mean, there were several that, that really did it for me. Um, Kate McKinnon, Always lovely, a joy. I don't, I, I don't know if she actually did the splits. Uh, I applaud her if she did. Totally cool if she didn't. Issa Rae also as the president, President Barbie, Hari Neff, a lot of the Barbies. I like. I know Sharon Rooney. I watched a BB. She was in a BB BBC show. I can't remember the name of Nicola Coughlin from. Um, I mean, she was in it like not. A lot. She was barely in it, but she is from Dairy Girls, and I absolutely love Dairy Girls. Um, can we give some love to Michael Sarah's Alan for a yeah, moment? Yeah, Alan. Alan is a delight. Alan's delightful. Every moment, every moment he's on screen, the film is better for it, and he's you need that, enough. right? The guy who doesn't fit in with the Kens because um, it's real. There it's, are some yeah, guys it, who aren't Kens. I. I a- Amen. <laughs> I can relate to Alan. Alan. Alan and I both agree that the the Barbie premise was better than the Mojo Dojo Casa House every step of the way. I'm I'm with you, Alan. Um, and I'm glad you apparently like after your 1964-65 debut got a Happy Family Alan and Ryan doll set. So, uh, good good for you, man. C- congrats yeah. on powering through. Also, uh, and- like. Alan's got moves. Alan can beat up a bunch of construction workers. That's like true. nothing. It was very clear that that Gerwig walked up to Michael Sarah day one of filming and just said, "Just be you. Yeah. Just be <laughs> Michael Sarah. That's all you have to fucking do on this film, and you might get a supporting actor nomination out of it. Just be." <laughs> You just be Alan. I don't trust the uh, Which was that just much. hilarious. No, <laughs> I don't I, either. I, 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 I mean, Ryan Gosling's going to get the supporting <laughs> actor nod. And he's if going to anybody it. from this film does. Like, yeah. The yeah. Academy but, but, has a weird bias against comedy films and comedy actors. To, 
Sure does. Does does Helen Mirren count as a supporting actress? Like she's yeah. just the narrator, obviously. But that narration, what a what a fun framing device, right? That was good. Um, I, I mentioned the meta joke earlier about like maybe Margot Robbie isn't the best actress to make this joke about, but in general, she just had a, a very she did a great job of table setting. Like the the tone of the film comes through immediately yeah. because she knows how to set the stage and um, immediately just grabs you um she's very good at the voice acting side of things uh oh, i i mean uh, shall we just go through the entire cast let's say it's a you know yeah it's it a great film feels like it <laughs> it's a great cast they they did fantastic jobs yeah you know shout out to john cena the merc hen i wasn't ready for it really appreciated it when it happened yeah all about them brewskis man let's go so I knew Cena was in this film. I knew he was in Barbie and I was waiting for him to show up. And when he showed up as Mer Barbie, I was like, all right, yeah, that's that that is the John Cena role. That is know. what John Cena wants to be in Hollywood. I didn't know that he was gonna be in it. Oh my god. Uh, but going back, right? So going back, so so we haven't been very like straightforward with the plot, but basically quick plot synopsis here. Bad things are happening to stereotypical Barbie, which is Margot Robbie's Barbie. So she has to go out into the real world to try and find the girl that's playing with her and fix all of her problems. So she'll go back to being stereotypical Barbie. We find out that it's not the daughter that's been playing. It's not the little girl that's been playing with it. It's been her mother that's playing with it. And that's why she's getting all of these like middle-aged woman issues, right? Like, like things that are happening to her that she is now worried about. And because of her being worried about it has now manifested itself in stereotypical barbie so while that's going on ryan gosling is also in the real world with with barbie sorry ken just ken is in the real world with barbie and he discovers that men are in charge of everything so margot robbie's barbie gets captured kidnapped uh escorted into a, a dark SUV to go back to Mattel's headquarters. And Ryan Gosling decides to go back to Barbie land by himself, where he introduces all the other Kens and all the Barbies to the patriarchy. So that by the time Margot Robbie, America Ferreira and the daughter get back to Barbie land, they are now living in, let's just say Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> wow. What shade to Cleveland. Oh, no, I see. I, I go the opposite way. That's mean to the Kents. I think the Kents did better than Cleveland. <laughs> wow. And I'm not saying they did great. I'm just saying Cleveland's so, sorry, a low bar. Sorry, Re rewind. Tahoe. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Better, better. Tahoe, Tahoe. They're living in Tahoe, minus like the skiing. And there oh, is there's this a skiing Barbie. Fair. And there is this basic confrontation that is between. Margot Robbie's Barbie, America Ferreira, the daughter, and Kate McKinnon's weird Barbie, and Ryan Gosling and the Kens, where basically Ryan's like, well, you didn't, like, you didn't appreciate me, and I don't appreciate not being appreciated, so I convinced everybody it'd be better if the Kens ruled, and we get the, the Casa... God, I can't even say it now. The Mo cool Mojo Dojo Casa House. Mojo Dojo Casa House, which I really do think they should rebrand the, the, the Barbie mansion to that. That's a great line. Mm. Uh, and basically the Barbie has to figure out how to save everyone. And it comes down to America Ferrera's character uh, like talking about the bullshit and contradictions of being a woman to them. And that snaps the Barbies out of their funk. And then they like... They uh, 
they distract all the Kens one at a time by doing like stereotypical things for like, how would you distract a frat boy? And it's like, oh, I don't know how to change the oil in my tr in my car. Can someone help me? Being just very, very over, you know, over the top damsel in distress things. Oh, I wish someone would explain the Godfather to me. And then they, you know, deprogram all the other Barbies. Uh, and then how they get to the actual fight. And I know I just spoke for like five minutes straight about the plot of this movie, but there is a point to this. How they convince the Kens to fight each other is they're all sitting on the beach. All the Kens have guitars out. And when I totally expect they're going to play like Hey There Delilah or Wonderwall or something, right? They start playing Push by Matchbox 20. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason this is so funny to me, and this is like the most personal part of the movie to me, my partner and I, when we're in the car, I like to sing to Matchbox 20. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Matchbox 20. That's like one of my like guilty pleasures is Matchbox 20. It's also the only band that I can like, can like always sing at karaoke. If I have to sing a karaoke song, I'm busting out smooth with Rob Thomas on it. That's my karaoke song. And they start playing push. I'm like, oh shit, I know this song. And I look out of the corner of my eye and my partner is staring at me. Just the biggest grin on her face. And what makes this even fucking funnier, today is Thursday, August 3rd. On Tuesday, August 1st, we went and saw Matchbox 20. Oh <laughs> my God. God. Please tell me they played push. Please tell they me they absolutely knew. fucking played push. Okay, oh, great. Yes. <laughs> it it really is uh, a perfect song for this, right? Because it's it's so much about uh, the Kens feeling pushed around and wanting to fight back, and then immediately being undone by women being even just a little bit clever in how to mess with their emotions and and switch around at that last moment. Um, it's, it's really smart. It's really fun. So many really good choices throughout this film. And I, I think that's something like, yes, it's fun. Yes, it's silly. Yes, it's a goofy fun time. And sure, it is not like delving into every single political theme the way that maybe people who really enjoy thesis statements and three hour podcasts could, could ask for. But it really knows how to hit on these human elements and hit it in the most smart way and the most fun way in the most concise period of time. And you get so much in that scene that just really un uh, unveils the entire dynamic here and why it's so easily inverted and, and what's going to lead to the fun sequence that comes after. A absolutely. It, it says... It says what it needs to say, right? It has, it has this overarching, you know, overarching message. I think for for everyone, right? Not just not just the Barbies, not just the Kens. It's this overarching message for everyone that is, you know, discovering who you are, being true to yourself, understanding that not everyone is going to be the same. Not everyone is going to understand things the same way or look at things the same way or you know whatever, and that it is okay to be you. But by being you, you also have to allow other people to be them, right? I think that's kind of one of the, like, the core parts of, like, the Ken stuff is while, you know, the Kens are trying to enforce this new image of themselves, 
they are lessening the Barbies. They are turning the Barbies into what the Kens want, not what the Barbies want. And, you know, by the end here, they find this balance in that final scene with Margot Robbie talking to Ryan Gosling and being like, well, it doesn't have to be girls night every night, right? You're, you're right. I shouldn't have just like pushed you out. I should have treated you better, but also like, you can't treat us like that. Like you, you can't be the king of Barbie land anymore. That's not going to happen either, but we can find some sort of middle ground to allow both of our, you know, both of us to be ourselves, right. And to exist in this kind of shared space together and that it's okay to be just Ken. You're, you're just Ken and being just Ken is cool. And then the, the sweat, the, you know, the sweater he's wearing at the end that says, you know, uh, just pure Kennedy. Yes, exactly. I, I may or may not have already pre-ordered my, I am Knuff, uh, <laughs> sweatshirt it oh, is man. on the way when they fill it and i cannot wait I, might um, that. I don't know good good for you chase i would never wear it but good for you can't, look we all need to remember that we are ken off sometimes you know i <laughs> amen god i just again this is a film that has empathy for people that understands the dynamics in which we live is willing to hit at the truth in them um again in a one-on-one way sometimes but a lot of people need the 101 class it turns out uh so it's great that we get it in a way that's fun and packaged in a way that people can easily understand and relate to and when people are asking well how did this film end up making a billion dollars because by the time you listen to this it will very likely have made over a billion dollars worldwide that's why it because this film has an overwhelming abundance of heart and we need more of that in films you know that's i it turns out it's good to have some joy and it's good to care about people um and doing it in a silly way and fun is great sometimes it's good to be sincere in passionate in in yeah sincere passionate positive when the occasion calls for it I want Barb. I want official Barbie merch that is. Do you guys ever think about dying with the <laughs> Barbie font on a black T-shirt? That's my please give me merch. Please okay. give me existential Barbie. And like, I why am not, existential right? Barbie. <laughs> I think it'd sell, right? I think we can oh, all agree yeah. it'd sell. It would sell. Yeah, it's it's got to be the pink Barbie font that says that on a black t-shirt. Yeah. Absolutely, that would sell. And, and literally everyone from preps to goss to emos to jocks, like literally everyone would wear that shirt. So good. For the box collector set. There you go, Mattel. I just made you probably 15 more dollars on physical <laughs> DVD purchases because nobody buys physical DVDs anymore. So congratulations. You can, you, you can have that one for free. <laughs> gotta be honest man i don't think they they need it i think they're doing fine i think this is gonna work out i think they Uh, are making plenty of money (laughs) yeah it's only a billion dollars on a movie about barbie so far (laughs) just just a billion so far yes yeah give it time okay so so here's here's you know what a a possible closing question maybe there'll be another you know another one after this is there a sequel 
It, it, do we somehow make a sequel out of this? I feel like it is. It, I feel like there very well could be one. I, uh, I was going to say if they're smart, they would leave it, but no. I mean, it really depends on what story you want to tell, right? Yeah. I think stereotypical Barbie has had her arc. She's now in the real world. Mm-hmm. And certainly you could do something where it's like her adjusting to the world as it is. But I, I feel like her entry into the real world is the the end of that arc, right? There are many other Barbies in this, however. Uh, Barbies who have not had their own journey yet um, that could be tapped into, right? Or we could do uh, a Ken film, right? The Ken self-discovery arc with Ryan Gosling <laughs> having to go on his own journey to figure out who he is without falling into the patriarchy bullshit. Like, that could that be really fun, be right? There, there are ways to do it. I just think the further you get from Margot Robbie's character, as tempting as it will be, because she's such a good Barbie, I think that the focusing it on the other factors will mm-hmm. allow you to um, investigate different themes in a more satisfying way, because you can't recapture this. No. Um, this is one of those films that's so unique and of a moment that the last thing you want to do is just Barbie another one, right? Um, but th- I think there's a lot you can do here if you're willing to change the focus a little bit. Yeah, I think the worry for me if you did a sequel that's based on uh, Margot Barbie's character is uh, it becomes too much like uh, Enchanted. Yeah. Like the real world thing. It-, it just kind of falls a little bit too much into that trap. And like, who knows? Like maybe they could come up with something cool with that. Um, I, I would want them to add some more PG-13 content so parents have to deal with the question, Mommy, what's a gynecologist? <laughs> I, I don't... Great closing. Yeah, I'm with you, Chase. I don't... I don't want it to be focused on Margot Robbie. Although she is perfect, she is wonderful, she is the best stereotypical Barbie. Um, but yeah. They've set themselves up well, themselves up well for the future, I think, if they want to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I think we should let Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie, like, take a break. I think they deserve a break because they've, they've had some, they've had some really good movies over the last few years. It might be time for them to, like, you know, take a couple years off and just, just relax. Just relax, you know? Yeah. Now, before we head into our closing, Walter. Can I please share a, uh, a a take from friend of the podcast uh, and uh, s- lead singer of Ruby Lane and the Wicked Divine, Ruby Lane? Um, because I got this text that I, I think is worth having on the pod because it was a, it was a different look at it than maybe I I I could have come to just because of uh, of, of Ruby's background here. So. Uh, she said, overall, really loved it. Impeccable design. The Ken Ballet was giving major American and Paris vibes. Yes. And the juxtaposition of plastic dolls with major emotional arcs is so done well. Uh, I feel like every woman in the theater got messages they really needed to hear. My one critique, and not even really a critique, more of an observation, was that the ending was still way more gendered than I appreciated. Like, yay, patriarchy is dismantled, but there's still very much only an option to be a Barbie or a Ken. Like, the film did a great job of showing that women can be anything, but you still sort of have to be a woman. Not that I'm surprised by that, and this is explicitly a film for women, so it's not even a bad thing per se, 
but I think this is the first time in a long time I've watched a hyper femme piece of media that isn't queer and was just sort of like, oh yeah, even in their happy ending, there aren't people who exist beyond the binary. Uh, I really love the movie, but I think it was the first time I was like, oh yeah, I'm not a girl, right. Um, also, I'm choosing to read Alan as non-binary because why not? Yeah. Um, which, agree with everything about not Alan being non-binary, that all scans to me. Um, but I do think that that's, it, it's a really interesting thing that I, I look forward to seeing, you know, whatever the genderqueer version of this Barbie film is a decade or two from now, right? Because those are, that I, I think that's obviously something that as a society we are still uh, unfortunately barely scratching the surface of of understanding in a uh, mainstream appeal. But it is, I think, really interesting to think about you know, if we talk about a Barbie sequel, right? Dismantling gender as a concept and talking about that now that we've had a chance to talk about feminism in this kind of way, that'd be a really interesting take for a sequel, right? I'd watch that film. It would be really cool. And I really appreciate Ruby's comments because um, I I wouldn't call myself like a super femme person. And I struggle with femininity and womanhood and and we've talked i have talked i guess i'm airing this on a podcast talk privately about gender stuff and don't always feel a hundred percent like a woman and just feel more like a person um and yeah i i totally get where ruby's coming from it would be really nice to see um some of that tackled I genuinely appreciate you, Kristen, for sharing that. And Chase, for for Ruby, and you can convey this to her if she's not already listening to the podcast, for sharing that viewpoint as well. I do think that I had a slight worry about, you know, if Kristen had not come on, the, you know, possibility of two cis white men discussing a, a movie that is supposed to be this sort of, you know, it's a discussion of this you know, female icon. And I I don't really want to get into the, the Ben Shapiro's of the world, the politics of it. Um, because this movie is, is not trying to portray itself as this super deep cut, you know, thesis on feminism. It is here to discuss those topics. Um, and I don't even want to say at a surface level because I, I believe it goes it goes deeper than just like a surface 101 level, um, which I think was a great point that you brought up, Chase. Um, and it's funny that while we were kind of talking here at the end, it, it reminds me of a quote. Matt Nathanson opened up uh, for, for Matchbox 20 at the show we went to. And he had this moment where he was discussing about how kind of terrible it is that you know, we as a people are so divided when we're supposed to be united, right? That we are, we're, you know, and he's not just talking like United States. He's talking like kind of in general. And he goes, it's kind of crazy how even me saying that is like, oh, why is this douchebag talking about politics? And it, it does kind of suck that sometimes people could see something like this that is this very sort of pure discussion um, of, you know, being who who you are being who you want to be and turn it into something like well that movie is about hating men 
because this movie is is in no way, shape, or form about hating men or hating women or hating, you know, uh, trans people or LGBTQ, you know, a- anyone across the spectrum, right? Um, and I'm sure if you ask people of, of different perspectives that they may have a similar opinion to, you know, Ruby, I'm not going to, you know, put words in anyone else's mouth, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone did come up to that. Um but yeah, it doesn't try to pretend to be more than that. It does want to just be that sort of like 102 level discussion of trying to be inclusive of everyone and saying that everyone is facing these sort of societal pressures to, you know, be something that they aren't, you know, they aren't necessary, right? I I don't think there's a lot of men in the world that want to go the uh, you know, mojo dojo casa house route and super patriarchy everything and make everything about horses, right? I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that there's a lot of women on the planet that are like, hey, we should kill all men. Like, I, I just don't. I think it it tries to find this very large middle ground, right? It's trying to, to encompass a large majority of people kind of here in the middle uh, and ultimately, I, I think it accomplishes that and it, and it does a fantastic job. Um, that being said, Kristen. Yep. Your final thoughts. And of course, uh, I know it seems so blasé to give something like this a score, but Ooh. we do need it for the spreadsheet. Uh, so what is the scoring range? We tend to go on a one to ten scale. Okay. Okay. Uh, one being One being terrible. Got it. Um, well, final thoughts. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of heart. I will return to it. I am going to give it, uh, 8.5, 8.5. I want to go higher, but it might just be kind of like I'm in the afterglow. I, I feel like there's an afterglow effect. I will revisit this score upon another viewing, but I feel good with an 8.5. Chase, what about you? You know, you say that you're uh, potentially biased by the afterglow and you'll have to see how it holds up in another viewing. I, I'm going to be honest with my heart here and I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. I fucking love this film. What a, what a joy what a delight, what an f- incredible just cast of characters and a journey that I enjoyed from start to finish. I was laughing the entire way through. It was incredible to see in theaters. I actually, the theater that I went to is the theater that had uh, the highest single box office for the Barbie film uh, to the point that like AMC had film crews outside to film the Barbies and the Kens that had uh, attended it in cosplay uh, at my showing. Um, it's it's just a joy. I, I, I you know, I, I always worry sometimes when I, I give films a 10, like, am, am I losing my critical touch? Don't worry. Next episode will prove otherwise. <laughs> oh, but no. oh, but no. here we go. I, 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 I can't think of a single thing I'd change about it. Right. Like a 10 to me is a film that left nothing on the table, a film that, in my opinion, did exactly what it was trying to do as well as it could do it. And if I go down the list of this film and everything I enjoyed about it, and I think about what could have been better, I, I got nothing. I, fantastic job, everyone involved. This happens a lot when Chase and I talk about stuff. 
Uh, I'm amending. I'm embracing the glow. I'm bumping it up to a nine. <laughs> I'll take it. Positive uh, influence. I'll woo. take it. Listen, I I always knew that when Chase moved out to L.A., he would turn Hollywood on us, and he's got to brag about his local movie theater <laughs> being the highest box office, and that there were camera crews out there. Look, man, don't hate because you ain't. That's all I'm saying. Oh. The, the, the Kens of the world enjoyed uh, the AMC Burbank, man. Just... I just a fun fact I couldn't help but love when I found that out. It felt correct. When you visit me in a couple of weeks, Kristen, it will feel correct. I assure you. <laughs> well, with that being said, I, I I believe I have talked long enough. Um, I am going to reward this movie for the subversion of the antagonist and turning it into Ryan Gosling. Did not see that uh, coming on my bingo card. Uh, and for giving me just, you know, a couple of moments of just just incredible joy. Obviously, the Matchbox 20, you know, story in there. Uh, and the, the Ken battle at the end, which then ends with them all being, like, all buddy-buddy, getting ready to go. And they're like, oh, shit, we were supposed to vote today. And then it cuts to the Supreme Court <laughs> of the Barbies, you know not change you know voting against changing the constitution and it, it's such like oh shit we didn't wake up on time guys it is it is so fantastic uh and it would be against everything my my heart tells me to not give this movie a 10 out of 10 Woo! Uh, i will join you wow. chase i i i i never thought i would ever watch a barbie movie i never thought it would be live action and I never thought I would love it so much. So there you go. 10 out of 10. And I can't wait for Chase to break my heart next week with Oppenheimer. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Kristen, as we normally end the show after the scores, uh, thank you so much for coming on. We, we greatly appreciate it. And I believe a little birdie told me you might be joining us next week Ooh. for Oppenheimer. So if people have Oppenheimer thoughts or Barbie thoughts they want to get to you, where can they find you on the internet? I'm on the app formerly known as Twitter, at Kay Pignolo. I'm on Instagram, threads, also at Kay Pignolo. Um, those are the places I am. If you want to talk about things, I love hearing people's thoughts. So. And we love hearing your thoughts. It was so wonderful to have you on the final cut version of the show again and i'm sure your oppenheimer opinions will be hopefully less brutal than i think chases are chase we shall see where can the good f <laughs> oh, no. oh god oh god no chase where can the good folks at home find you on the internet uh you can find me at chase wassenaar on twitter you can find the podcast at rough drafts pod we would love to hear your thoughts on the barbie film are you uh, a ken out of ken with us uh, on that journey uh is there what sequel would you like to see in the uh mattel cinematic universe oh god that phrase was cursed even for me um but by all means we love hearing from y'all so uh please reach out uh and let us know your thoughts uh but very uh very excited to do the true barbieheimer experience by jumping right into our uh recording session after this so stay tuned next week it's going to be a fun one y'all it oh god i i have a, a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach oh. i can't believe we're about to do this uh but just so you the listeners at home can understand what i've had to go through on this episode i have had imdb open for the better part of an hour 
and there's been another plastic doll staring at me from the sidebar. I've been staring at Jigsaw for the past hour and 10 minutes because, <laughs> you know, let's just fucking torture Walter the entire time he's got to talk about this film. But I needed IMDb open and I didn't want to constantly keep clicking. So if you also love the Barbie movie and fucking hate horror movies, please reach out to me on Twitter. Twitter, T-W-I-T-T-E-R with the little bird at C-A-D's underscore L-O-L. And come back next week. We will finish our Barbenheimer double feature with Oppenheimer. And until then, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>